<laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Like a doll's eyes. I love this town! Hello, city! Welcome to the City of Geek podcast. I don't know what fucking episode we're on at this point, and our whole order's thrown off anyway, but uh, this is our post-Crypticon wrap-up slash horror miscellaneous culture thingy wrap-up. <laughs> that was so eloquently put. I know. I can't even replace, can't replace Bob with me. Bob, we miss you. Bob is not here this evening. Bob is enjoying John Waters. Yes. Uh, and so any human being in their right mind who has a ticket should exactly uh but we are city of geek i'm kim i'm cody and i am tony and as as cody so eloquently put it we're going to be doing a little post crypticon wrap up and then talking in general about uh horror culture and nerd culture and how it has uh evolved particularly the last you know i'd say decade or two yes to become dare i say cool yeah oh, yes you know when i was a kid it was still kind of at that that linchpin point. Like other things were still. Like, so it was. It was like what 2012 or whatever. For what? When you were a kid. Uh, maybe <laughs> this this is where Cody says "fuck off, Kim." <laughs> Fuck off, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn did not cradle rob me. <laughs> I'm a, when I was growing up in the mid 2000s, it's like you know, super. Fuck you, Cody. Superheroes uh, weren't. Yeah, in vogue. Well, because you were—I mean, honestly, uh, Iron Man came out when I was fucking. It was 15. yeah. That was like two. Fuck you, Cody. Um, it was like two thousand. Actually, I was fourteen. I didn't turn oh fifteen. God, right? I'm I'm flipping you off so hard right now. Oh yeah. So hard. That's what she said. Okay. Anyway, we are, we are, however, starting with our Crypticon um, wrap up, and so. Uh, for those of you who are not local to the Seattle area, uh, a couple weeks ago, we did have Crypticon Weekends. Crypticon. It was absolutely amazing. Um, we had uh, Jason on uh, prior to that to talk a little bit about Crypticon. But uh, I know we all three had some panels that went really well. Mm -hmm. uh, there was some really amazing celebrity interviews, as there always is. Tony, do you want to talk a little bit about what you did at Crypticon this year? Oh, yes, I'd be happy to. Uh, I am very fortunate to have, for the last, this was my eighth Crypticon, uh, I have lucked into being able to do a lot of the celebrity panel interviews, the audience uh, celebrity panel interviews, and in the process, I've been able to uh, meet and have 45 minutes of undivided discussion with some of my childhood heroes and crushes and idols, and it's been an absolute thrill to do that. In this Crypticon, May 2019, I was able to interview four cast members from the X-Files. That would be Mitch Pileggi. Uh, A.K.A. Agent Sk or, uh, Assistant Director Skinner, uh, Nicholas Lee, A.K.A. Agent Alex Krychek, uh, Brian. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm oh man. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Brian Thompson. 
Super common surname, that's why. Brian Thompson, who plays the alien bounty hunter and is a, a wonderfully menacing character actor you'd recognize from about a bazillion different movies and TV shows, including The X-Files, and uh, William B. Davis, The Cigarette Smoking Man. So that was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it went off the rails in sort of a fun way when they started, when I took one for the team and asked a very stupid question that I knew somebody in the audience would ask. And so I asked it in the hopes that I would just get it out of the way, and I proceeded to be grilled for about five minutes, kind of roasted pretty vigorously by um, by uh, Brian Thompson. So that was pretty rad. That was fun. <laughs> I wasn't there um, for that one. What, what did you ask him? Uh, I, I, and I, what was great is I prefaced it. I said, okay, you know, I know every everybody asks this question, and I know somebody out there is going to want to ask it, so I will I will ask it just the same. What was it like working with Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny, <laughs> and I, I and then I got the and and Brian Thompson has the delivery has this great deadpan delivery. He sounds like Carlton the doorman from the old Bob Newhart <laughs> TV show, you know, or maybe a little with a little bit of Eeyore sprinkled mm. in, you know. And he's like, "That's a really stupid question." And then 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 there's like a minute or two of how stupid a question it is. And I think <laughs> I'm thinking at that instant, you know, every person out there in that audience who wanted to ask that question. <laughs> You owe me a beer for taking no, it to the No, seriously, team. Uh, that was. But it was, but it was all in like good fun. I mean, yeah. we were obviously having a lot of fun, oh, yeah. and, and I had a lot of fun, and it was, a, it was, a, it was a really lively panel. It was great. Um, uh, the other interview that I did, which was super duper ultra mega exciting and an honor and an absolute thrill for me, was to interview the legendary Barbara Steele. Oh, I'm so um, mad I had to miss that, dude. Uh, this is a, for the uninitiated or the relatively uninitiated. This is a woman who's been doing. A uh, classic horror film since the early 1960s. She's a uh, British actress, utterly unique uh, physically, uh, jet black hair, huge expressive eyes, uh, you know, amazing cheekbones, uh, and an almost sort of alien beauty about her that can register as either incredibly sweet uh, and vulnerable or incredibly chilling and scary as fuck, depending on, <laughs> you know, what she's doing. In or a given both. Movie. Or all of the above, exactly. And uh, she gave a wonderful 40-minute interview where she talked about her entire career, where she talked about telling Hollywood to fuck off before she took off for hmm. Europe to become uh, a, reluctant, uh, uh, a reluctant gothic horror goddess. And it was just a terrific conversation. And... That woman still has the mojo. There were a couple. Oh, of, yeah. There were a couple of points where we were talking, and I and I just looked up at her for an extra two seconds or so, and she after I had asked a question, it was silent for like just a second or two, and she would look at me and give me this devilish smile, and I'm like, now I know why men in movies that Barbara Steele stars in look so mesmerized mm. because I'm kind of fucking mesmerized right now. See, it was it was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. She has that special. I mean, there, there, there's some performers, I think, too, who you meet and you sort of understand what makes them so captivating. Absolutely. And she's one of them. Yeah. Sure. You know, uh, that kind of reminds me, um, Cryptocurrent always has that one, like, ageless wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, like, last year with uh, Barbara, Barbara Crampton. Crampton. Oh, Jesus. Holy oh, Mary and yes. That woman looks as good now as she did, you know, when she was naked on a slab 
in 1985. Not that we got to see all of it, but... You sound vaguely disappointed. She's still in her 20s. Yeah. She looks amazing. I know. How how do they do it? How yeah. Do they do it? And that, you know, when people talk about, oh, men age well and men age better than women, I'm like, oh, I mean, mm. I don't know. I, I feel like I could throw a couple people up there as, as counter examples. She's, she's sure as hell one of them. Yeah. yeah. And just, and yeah, that was, uh, you know, again, humble brag alert. I got <laughs> to interview Barbara Crampton at uh, last year, or was it the year before? I lose track. Um, and she was terrific. Personable, funny, extremely intelligent, had very insightful opinions on this uh, genre that she's become an accidental star in, but has become really vigorously a supporter of. And it was just really a, a fun and insightful conversation. And gosh, she's cute. <laughs> she looks so nice. Well, I mean, I think though that that, uh, that accidental stardom, I think... You have the actors who do horror films or any kind of genre piece and who realize that, uh, like it or not, if, if, if you become embraced by the fans of, of genre, of, of, again, nerd culture, of, of horror culture particularly, mm-hmm. you will always have a convention to go to. You will always have a cameo you can make in the movie. Like... Horror fans are fucking loyal. They, they really love are. their people. Well, and if you're an actor who who can embrace that and say, "Okay, I wasn't expecting this, but I'm gonna lean into it," then I think you're gonna be better off. And and it's something I notice walking the celebrity tables at Crypticon each year. You have the actors who are so engaged with the people coming to talk, even the people just talking to them, not the ones buying anything, but who no. are are making eye contact, who are answering questions, who are smiling, who look connected. And you have the actors who are there and look resentful of it. <laughs> and I think there's a reason then people then don't gravitate to those tables. Like, yeah. uh, and and that, that makes me think again, we were talking about Nicholas Brendan and he is someone who, he was, it was my first Crypticon was, was the Nicholas Brendan years. And uh, I mean, like, I barely walked up to his table because I was so nervous. And and he was just like, do you want a picture? Do you want a hug? And I was like, I do. Is that okay? He's like, yeah. Come <laughs> over. He's like, give your phone to this lady. She'll take pictures. Let's give it, let's go, give me a hug. And and I'm like, this is a guy who gets it. Yeah. He gets, yeah. you know, that that this is this is how this is his career. Part of his yeah. career is doing these conventions and and Anyway, that was a tangent, but yeah. You know, honestly, following up on that, you know, I have a lot of cryptocons I've gone into thinking, oh, I want to get a picture with this person, this person, and this person, and I wind up totally not getting a picture with anybody yeah. like that. I'll get a picture with somebody else, like John Amplis. Mm. Uh, big shout out to him. He's my friend on Facebook. Mm. My own humble brag. <laughs> um, he's a super nice guy. He's a I, sweetheart. Absolutely. I, I walked up to him for a free picture at Crypticon 2017. He was such a nice guy. I bought that Mother's Day action figure he had. Yeah. Oh, I right signed him. It still adorns my wall. And he gave me a great big hug when he left. You know, said, take care of yourself. And it was like, I still feel bad, John, if you're out there. I'm sorry I got so drunk. I'm sorry I showed you so many pictures of the guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was more than I remember. And I remember about 50. So, thank you. <laughs> and you still hugged me the day after. So, I will say, for those of you who have never uh, gone to a Crypticon before, it is worth doing just to see drunk off his ass Cody. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, like legitimately, because Cody is one of the most delightful drunk human beings on the planet, and yes, and that's I not agree. something I say lightly, because you know, mostly drunk human beings are not delightful, but Cody is. <laughs> Cody is so utterly lovely when he is drunk. I would like to, speaking of drunk Cody, I would like to give the official drink total from Friday night. Oh, yeah. Saturday, I didn't get a chance to drink as much as I was hoping for. Um, But Friday, I was on my game. You were. (laughs) I had, uh, Jason, you owe me, Hmm. because I spent like $100. Holy (laughs) shit. In his party room? In his party Mm. room. I mean, between the two days, but, you know, probably 50 the first night, and I had a couple of those $7 martinis. Uh, which were delicious. Oh, and were they, they? they were filled with booze. I didn't try. I, I, I'm trying to think what I had in the in his room. I think it was just. I had the cotton candy thing they were doing for. Oh, I think I was afraid of it. I yeah. was afraid it was going to be a sugar bomb. I was hoping it would be, and it was. And then I, those jello shots, I kept taking them because they weren't kicking in fast no. enough. And then they all hit me. I swear to God, I think I had. Let's see, Nicole bought me one. I bought myself five <laughs> um so on friday night at least i think there was probably about 10 jello shots oh damn four boy. shots of whiskey yeah you're a stout of i thought i held lad. my liquor well wow that's not including the two glasses of wine i had in the room with you guys oh that was oh. lovely and yeah. the shot of whiskey i had then that, that was, was lovely. very lovely uh, for those of you, again, for those of you at home who don't know, uh, Cody was celebrating his honeymoon during yeah. Crypticon, and uh, which that is seems like such an utterly delightful way to celebrate your honeymoon. It was very nice. I would just like to apologize to anybody in the party room <laughs> that I trapped with my conversation about how wonderful my wedding was. <laughs> but it was. It was it so was. wonderful. We were there. It was great. It was quite a, it was quite a great day. We had a great time. Um, being being in the being in the hotels, obviously that that was a game changer. Crypticon was yeah. Just getting, getting it makes kinda... all the difference in the world if you're staying the night. It really does. Sure. I mean, like I I've been staying in the hotel. The first year is the only year I went back and forth from the city, and I live. Uh, this isn't giving away anything. I live in Seattle proper. I live right off downtown. Um, it seems kind of silly to stay in a hotel out by the airport when you live so close. But, but if you don't own a car, especially, yeah. it is not. Well, and even if you do own a car, then you can't drink. And part of the fun of, we are speaking of biohazard yeah. again. For those of you who are not familiar with Crypticon, uh, one of the great joys is after everything ends, we go party at the biohazard parties and all the various uh, party rooms well, up on the 13th floor. I, I mean, floor. it doesn't have to be after everything ends. No, that's you true. Can, you can start through that. Start drinking Though, with me at For, for some of us, like myself, we did six panels on Saturday. Uh, because I'm a masochist, um, uh, my last panel wasn't done until I think 10. Mine yeah, well, yeah. No, it was later than that because you had the, the technical difficulty. We had the technical difficulty, that's correct. Uh, my very last panel, so I, I tend to do a lot of the true crime panels at, at Crypticon, uh, as well as this year I, I got to do the international horror, horror panel, and that was a lot of fun. I was on that with some really wonderful people. Um, and I did uh, I did the the problematic nature of slasher films panel, which is one that I feel very... You know, one that I really liked that you were on was the Netflix one. Oh, that's right. Horror, yes. And that was one that, that was one I suggested, too. Yeah. Uh, the, the streaming horror, that yeah. was super fucking fun. 
That was that turn. I forgot about that. With that, it's you know, when you do eight panels in a weekend, or Tony, who did what did you do, like eleven or something? 11 yeah. But, I mean, yeah. your your magnum opus of the weekend was the I, I sat in on one of your, your one of your prime panels, and then we go to the next one, and I'm like, okay, well, Kim's got was it two other people that were supposed to be on it with you? Or just one. one. Just that one. was that was one of the panels. It was just me and one other person. <laughs> and then it gets to be ten minutes after. I'm talking, I'm talking. Kim's talking, stalling, trying to get some some stuff in, and Kim did a whole panel solo, and it was like the one thing where, in theory, any other panel (laughs) she was on, I could have jumped out of the audience and and helped, but it was like unsolved murders, and it's like specific shit, and I'm like, fuck, that's like my one thing I couldn't. It was specifically, yeah, it was the most baffling unsolved murders, and, uh... Yeah, I had. Thank God, I'm anal retentive and I overprepare because I I, I can't. Yeah, not. Anytime you panel, you have to. Yeah, just a big old fucking binder just slams it down. <laughs> All right, what do you guys want to know about? <laughs> and then I had others on backup where I was like, okay, so I wasn't the one that did the research for this, but I know enough about it. I can go off on it for a while. What do we got? What do we got? But I I got through everything I'd prepped save for one. Um. And so I, I felt pretty confident in no that was that was uh, that was that was the second time I've had something like that happen. But the first time it happened last year, the rest of the panelists showed up twenty minutes in. There was a miscommunication about the room, ah. and so at least like I had to be solo for about twenty minutes. And it was the weird Pacific Northwest, uh, which I also did this year with Bob and with um, was that the one with Michelle? Yeah, that was, yeah, with, that, was that was Michelle. With Michelle. Yes. I remember because uh, she lovely. was. Uh... She, she did a really nice rant about fairies. <gasps> I yes! enjoyed. That, I... Was, that was whimsical as fuck. Well, and that was, I think, one of the things I, I really applaud Jason for, too, when he is putting together his, uh, the, the panelist schedules, well, I'm, whether or not this is intentional, I feel like there's a really nice mix of people and opinions and perspectives. Yeah. And and I think that's really important. I know it's, I know specifically he's been trying really hard to um, make sure the panels are more diverse, uh, more women voices, more racially diverse voices, uh, just in general trying to make sure there's representation and proper representation. And that's something that I think this year, especially, I like. I, I have to say, I thought the panels this year, the ones I got to go to, which was, to be fair, not a lot, but the ones I did get to go to, I think these were some of the best panels I have seen at the, Crypticon. Um, you know, and I'll just give a good shout out to Jason. I love Jason. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. We, we at City of Geek are huge fans of Jason. Jason and, and he, yeah. he puts in countless hours, mm-hmm. you know, for, for this con. And he does such a great job. And he's always, he, you know, he's he's just a great dude. He is. He really is. And I loved that panel. And you were on it, Tony, where he was throwing out movies that he didn't like. And like the whole panel was just We dog pile on it. Or vice versa. Oh, that was the one with that was with in also with Jenna Ray, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, was, was that the one that Heather oh. took her pants off on? Yes, it yes. Was. Oh my god, I'm so mad. So for me, Crypticon, I got there Friday. I checked into my hotel. I checked into my hotel across from uh, Ray Wise and took a bunch of not <laughs> subtle photos of Ray Wise checking in, um, as well as uh, I think it was D Wallace was also checking in. Ah. And so I took a bunch of photos and I was like texting my mom being like, look, it's Ray Wise. And she's like, who? And I'm like, Leland Palmer, you Philistine. Uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had to check in. I, I think met up with you all 
very briefly. Yeah, you were there for like a, we did like a lap around We did a lap around the show. And then I had opening night of a show of a children's show I directed, uh, which I don't know if that's something I've ever, I don't know how often I talk about that. But yeah, I direct children's theater. And so I had to leave for a number of hours to go watch <laughs> the opening night of a, of a show. So I missed a bunch of Friday night panels that I really what? wanted to see. You were back in time for the Friday night drunk Cody. Oh, fuck yeah. It was funny. Cause so, um, like. We all look forward to Friday night drunk Cody. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I show up. I show up to call. I show up and, you know, the kids are like, Kim. And I'm like, hey, y'all. It's happy opening, whatever. And I was still wearing my Crypticon badge because I, I hadn't thought about taking it off. Like, you know, I, I got to my lift. I got to the theater. And so they were asking me about it. So I'm talking and, and they're like, well, you're staying for the show. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm not, you know, I'm not missing the show. But then I'm going to peace out because I have business to take care of. <laughs> and one of the kids, one of my older kids, one of my older teens who's in the show, and she just looked at me and she's like, is it because you need to get drunk with your horror friends? <laughs> and I went, yes. That kid fucking gets it. I was like, yes, it go. is. There you go. Yes, it is. And, and it is one of the one of the unerring sources of joy is, and that's an again another prime reason to stay the weekend. Oh and, yeah. And, and nab a hotel room. That was why we started down this tangent. <laughs> and mom, straight. I'm sorry I called you at two in the morning to tell you how much I love you. But it was so cute that your mom was there on, was she there the whole weekend or just Friday? She was there just Friday. Okay. Um, it that was, was adorable. A, it was a Mother's Day thing that we typically do as I tried to bring her at least one day uh, to Crypticon. She went with me my first time in 2015. We went on Saturday in 2016. And in 2017, 2018, she wasn't able to make it. But I mean, we made sure. And she happened to uh, be at our panel. We, I got oh, to, so she got to see you panel? She got to see me That's panel. I lovely. Her out in the audience and they, they, and they clapped for it. It was super nice. Which, tell us about your panel. Because you had an awesome panel on Friday night. Again, I'm sorry I missed it. Yes, uh, it was one of the first panels. It was uh, Allyship and Horror, and I got to be Yay. on it with Tony, and mm. I got to cross it off my bucket list. <sighs> I paneled with Tony K. Uh, Jesus. One of my first panels was with Tony. No, it was, my, it was my second panel. My first panel was with Bob. That's how Bob and I first met. And then my second panel, it was like romance and horror or something. I guess. Was the first with time you. I ever like ran into Tony was at a panel. I thought it was a werewolf panel. <laughs> Two years ago at uh, at Crypticon, it was the Vestron video one, and I was so tired from walking. I'm like, fuck it, I don't even know what Vestron video is, but I'm sitting here for it now, as I'm not going to try to find it. Uh, but, you know, and then uh, was it Bob? I feel like I met Bob at a panel, too. I don't remember which one. Because I think the same year I met Bob, I feel like, is when I met you. But I, I didn't I, know you super well. Yeah, we, we, like, met once. And then yeah. we really met at it two years ago. Yes, yes. Oh, before, when, uh, yes, which we all did together. Yes. And then with... We, uh, went, we met at Miss Whiskey Bar ahead of time. Uh, oh, with, yeah. with Bob? I feel uh, like yes. Bob and I just... All of a sudden, I looked up, and we looked up, and we were good friends. It's like, how the fuck did that happen? I'm down for it. And those are the best moments. <laughs> it, it was like, you know, I think it was, he added me on Facebook, and then like, oh, well, if you'd like to come to my birthday party, and next thing you know, we're doing events and stuff together. Well, and, and it's funny because I remember last Crypticon, which would have been, uh, is that before it? Was that, I can't even That remember. was after it. It would have been after it. Yes, that was, okay, that was after it. Yes, I remember last Crypticon. Because that was my first exposure to Drunk Cody. Because I think when we all, we all saw it together. Uh, and 
we met at Whiskey Bar ahead of time, which is a, a fabulous bar in Belltown that it is really serves good. whiskey. Go figure. And I remember, I think because, I, I don't think you drank, probably because you were I had to drive, driving. Yeah. So I had not experienced Drunk Cody yet. And last year's Crypticon was my first real exposure to Drunk Cody. And it was a thing of beauty that I will never forget. It, it is. It, it is. Yes. And, and, and you know, it's funny for Carolyn. It's like, uh, I know a lot of people. Not to, I have so many friends. But it's <laughs> like, like she, people would come up, oh, congrats on the wedding. And da, 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 da. And, I'm yeah. like, and Carolyn's like, who the fuck was that? I'm like, oh, that's this person. I know them from this. I, well, but the thing that Crypticon does is it really engenders uh, like friendship. I yeah. guarantee oh, yeah. you. When you do Crypticon, if you do it for the whole weekend and you're doing it right, you will come home with at least three new Facebook friends or more. Well, that was how, again, that was how I first met the Horror Honeys. And I, I mean, this is, this sounds really melodramatic to say, but like getting involved with the Horror Honeys changed my life, like legitimately changed my life. Um, When I started writing for them first as a guest honey, and then when they were getting Belladonna together, and I was going through, I had just separated from my husband. Oh man, I'm doing. And uh, I used my fucking sleeve this whole time. <laughs> I've got so many Kleenexes, bud. My parents <laughs> like bring over Costco when they visit me. Uh, and and Lenny tells me about you know we're we're launching this magazine and we want you to be involved and we want you to come on as a full time honey, like that was. Uh, kind of game changing um, in a lot of ways, and 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 the acceptance of the horror community, the love of the horror community. I mean, I think it, Tony, you're the one that talks about it being uh, horror nerd summer camp. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You see all these great people well, that oftentimes you don't see, but once or twice a year. And, yeah, and I then... feel like you're the mayor of horror <laughs> summer camp. Was it somebody told me that? So a friend of mine, a writer friend of mine, who's never even been to, I don't think he's ever been to Crypticon, said, you know what? You're the mayor of Crypticon, Tony. No, like, you are, though. And I feel like, I feel like you're the ambassador. Because you're... That's why I think you were a perfect um, person to be on that um, allyship panel. Yeah. It's basically a welcome panel. Yes. Because you know? I, I feel like we're, we're, Tony's the mayor. You're the one that's there just with arms open, like showing his picture of your guinea pigs and being like, come friend, you found your people. Pretty much. Uh, you know, and I, I don't say that to inflate my own ego. No, no, no. Uh, but no, no. no I, I, I really do relish that role because it, it, it everybody accepted me so well. And it took me a bit to coming in on my feet with it because, you know, yeah. I went 2015, you know, I didn't really meet too many mm-hmm. people. But it really changed for me in 2016 when I met Jason. Yeah. And we corresponded via email and then, Next thing I know, 2017 comes around, and I made, like, 30 fucking friends. Now. Yeah. And then 2018, 2019, it just grows and grows and grows. And it's like, I, I, the nice thing is, is I had five or six people actually come up to me and say, we really liked your panel, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, you know, that made me feel very happy. And also, to those five or six people, I apologize. I was probably very drunk, and thank you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was all on the party floor, and I'm like... And, and I didn't bring any fucking business cards, too, because we have City of Geek business cards. We do. If you ever meet us in Curtis, hit them up for us. They're yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I carry a bunch with me. They're Halloween-themed. They're Halloween-themed. Yes, they are. Uh, but I think, I mean, I actually think that, that talking about Crypticon goes very well with, with talking about uh, nerd culture, horror culture. Yeah. Because something that I've always found, particularly with 
horror fans to me more than the nerds. The I have to nerds. say, yeah. Yeah. like oh, general yeah. nerds, which is this is not a, a slam against general nerds at all. It's just that when you meet someone who loves horror, I think particularly, and and Tony, you might be able to identify a little more with this, only because we grew up a little bit more in an era when there was not quite the embrace of the nerd culture. Totally, yeah. So, at least when I was younger and when I was a teenager, when people found out I was a horror fan or like, you like those movies? Yeah, well, I, and for, I mean, obviously, you know, unfortunately, the sad fact of the matter is broad generalization dictates that women, quote, don't watch horror movies, unquote. <laughs> And so I I'm think flipping the microphone yeah, off you. again. Kim, well, you should on this podcast. I, I think that <laughs> I bring the booze in the house. There we go. And the booze <laughs> in the house. God bless you. And this woman has a fine, fine stash of wine that mm. she always is very generous with. So thank you, ma'am. Thank you kindly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that one of the one of the key things that uh, that unites horror fans. First of all, it's a little bit more niche than your average kind of general nerd culture. The entire world watches Game of Thrones. The entire world is Star Wars fans. The entire world is fans of, uh, you know, all of these kind of larger kind of superhero movies. And I love all of these. I embrace and relish them all. But there's something, and I know that's the case probably with you two, as well as Bob, wherever you are, Bob, um, that you really, truly, and sincerely... um, feel a kindred bond with people who are also into horror. I think that I think that one of the many, many things that appeals to people about horror is I think horror very much feels like the punk rock of genres. It yeah. feels like the rabble rouser. It feels like the rallying point around which misfits can gather and and commiserate and uh, relish each other's company and outre worldview. And I think that that's a key, key component to the appeal of horror and why um, horror fans... Uh, horror fans, it's like a gang tattoo, man. You see, I, I was like, two years ago, I was walking... I was at this bus stop, and I was walking past this guy who had this incredible Pieces t-shirt on. A t-shirt of the Spanish slasher movie Pieces, Mm. which A, is one of the most entertaining movies of all time, but B, is obscure as fuck. That ending, Unless That ending. Oh, that that beginning and that middle. Jesus. I I love that fucking movie. But anyway, I see a guy walking around in a Pieces t-shirt. I'm like, dude, cool t-shirt. He's like, thanks, man. I love Pieces. (laughs) You do not, and I used to, there was a a period, 20 or 30 years ago where you'd be walking down a street and you'd see somebody wearing a rock t-shirt of a certain ilk if you were like me a fan of punk and new wave and you'd be like dude buzzcocks yeah it's not that way about music anymore it's not that way about a lot of super mainstream nerd culture at this point because it's so ubiquitous that you know that that there's there's not that special element of kindred spirituality that you get when you see a fellow or meet a fellow horror fan and kibitz with him for a while. Well, again, I think part of it is that there was, I think there le- there's less of it now, partially because you have these things that have gone super mainstream. You have um, particularly like Stranger Things, <coughs> yeah. which is, is commercial. Now, like, uh, so many of my students are wearing Stranger Things t-shirts and and watch it. And people who aren't horror fans watch it. And I told my dad it was a horror show. And he gave me a look. And I was like, dude, accept it. 
Like, horror is not a four-letter word. Um, But I think because we've had these things that have broken through and transcended genre culture and become pop culture. Mm -hmm. But for those of us coming of age in a different time, there was a stigma attached to a lot of of horror. It's it's still considered... A, a lesser, yeah, genre. a yeah. lesser art form to the point where when something is or does receive critical acclaim, I look at something like The Silence of the Lambs. It's not horror; it's a thriller. It's a thriller, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" He's wearing a woman's suit. That is horror. That is horror. There is cannibalism and a goddamn woman's suit. Well, and I still can't, I still can't get over the fact, and still cannot comprehend the fact that. Many, many, many people are arguing against Get Out being a horror movie. Oh, it come baffles on. me. And again, because, and I think part of it stems from because people... It's that reflexive stigma. Yes. Like, I'll tell somebody what I do. And their first reaction, oh, I don't like horror films. I'm like, do you like Jaws? Oh, yeah, I love Jaws. Did you like Get Out? Oh, that was a great movie. Do you like this movie? Yeah, it was awesome. You like horror. You don't have to like all horror. You don't have to like torture porn. You don't have to like slashers. But there is so much more to horror and to to throw it all into the same bag and say the same thing. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's not like fucking Ghostbusters is the same thing as Cannibal Holocaust. Right. <laughs> Although I want that in as a crossover. That would be incredible. I would watch that crossover. Oh, fuck, me too. I would too. Although uh, I still haven't done, I still have not watched Cannibal Holocaust. I've started it like 10 times. Seen it. It's watch the cruelty version. I think I well because I wanted to do it for hundred days of horror. Um, and that's the thing that keeps stopping me is I get real upset when animals don't actually die, and I'm like, shit, man, this is gonna send me over the edge. So, uh, I think I might do it this year, and I think I'm gonna invest in the cruelty free version. I, or look I've it up. seen both versions. There's really no point in the cruelty version. There isn't. Well, uh, you know, aside from. <laughs> If you want to, this is, we're getting off on a tangent here, but if you, if you want to be technical, I think that Diodato, the director, was intending to make an extremely nihilistic statement about the utter, um, the utter disposability of life in general, and that's one of the reasons why it's in there, but... He regrets it now. Yeah, of course he regrets it. I mean, geez, you know, who, I can't see any human being who's not... Donald Trump regret not regretting behavior of that of that nature. So I think for me, uh, and again for those of you who are not familiar with Hundred Days of Horror, in the hundred days before Halloween, I watch a hundred horror films I've never seen, and this will be year six. I'll be going into this year in twenty nineteen. I think a little of my concern is that watching something that is essentially slightly edited. Yeah. Does that not mean I'm leaning into the spirit of 100 Days of Horror, or... I think that this is one of those super, ultra, mega, rare instances where I think it's forgivable. Right. Partially because it's fucking horrible animal cruelty, and also partially because it is... it When you're watching the film, it very much feels inserted. Right. It's not that much different from a nude scene or a porn scene inserted into a genre movie or a scene of graphic violence that's just sort of 
slapped into the middle of, of the mix. Right. And so I think so excising brighter. those. <laughs> so excising those. Are, are there like, you know, is there animal cruelty in Brightburn? In Brightburn? No, uh, it's more of a... Well, well, there is animal cruelty. Oh. Like, we're... Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that happens even today. It's like, you know, you, you get... Okay, story moves, story moves, story moves. Oh, there's a whole bunch of dead chickens. Story moves, story moves, story moves. Like, there's no tone for it, and then it just cuts to ultraviolence, and it's like, what's the point of that? Well, and, and uh, Cody and I, with Bob, just saw Brightburn. We're a little disappointed in it. Uh, but it's it's sort of interesting to see that horror and uh, geek culture really... Like, the, the superhero genre and the horror genre really combine. I don't think particularly successfully. And that's not because those two genres can't combine. It's because I don't think it was successfully done in this no. particular case. Uh, my vibe, and I haven't seen it. I was, unfortunately, not present at the screening that you guys attended. But um, my impression is that they came up with an amazing concept and weren't able to deliver on it. Yes. And that's not the first time that's happened in, you know, motion picture history. There are plenty of other examples that I can't think of offhand where someone comes up with a terrific idea, doesn't quite do what they should have done with it, and then somebody else picks up the baton and runs with it. So hopefully someone will make a great superhero horror movie. So Brightburn was shit. All of this. <laughs> that was a brilliant segue. So, just in general, Brightburn was shit. But I, I think there are a lot of horror movies that are not shitty, but there's a there's a corporate kind of sling to them. Hmm. And they've been it's been interesting to me to see like, you know, like we went to La Llorona mm. and then, you know, we're gonna go see Midsummer here soon. And it's like you, you, you get the same theatrical run, but you know, something like hereditary. I mean the fucking conjuring movies, granted, they're good. I like The Conjuring movies. Those I'll sit through again. The Nun. Yeah. Okay, not that. The Conjuring. But yeah. it's interesting to see to me how you can tell the love in horror. Mm, and, yeah. And I, and I think that people, and, and, and I think that's true in the people too. Well, I think you can feel with some of the films when they're made by somebody who is, I mean, okay, so this is the example I want to throw out there and don't give me shit for this. I like Rob Zombie's movies. Thank you, dude. High five. Yes. Because, and, and to be fair, I think if you're looking at them critically, I think Devil's Rejects is legitimately a good film. Yeah. That being said, I would watch House of a Thousand Corpses any day of the week House because I find it corpses. so entertaining. Absolutely. I think is a wonderful, delightful homage to yes. uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw. With a little bit of Scooby Doo in it, it's a yes. love letter to horror fans. Absolutely, and it's and and this is what I think. I think when you're watching a movie by somebody who loves the genre, even if the movie has its problems or isn't the strongest, that love shines through. When you are watching a movie that is so obviously a cash grab, that's so obviously a horror is hot because horror is always hot. Horror will always sell tickets because horror fans will literally watch anything. Dude, Sharknado is the you know, fucking, fucking proof of that. Movies. I know, but I fucking the hate those movies. Or the Nadir, Dude, as the case may be. Sharknado, worse. Not in a good but way. But not in a good way. 
and that's why. They, so that's to me, Grabbers is what Sharknado should have been. Yeah, I would agree. But horror fan. But again, do we still watch the Sharknado movies? No. Well, yeah, no. not after the first. Did I see this? I think I saw the second one. I didn't see past that. But will we watch? I don't, I don't know why she's my cat is currently crying if you can hear that through the mic I don't think you can I don't know why she's crying I just fed her <laughs> me wow <laughs> nice <laughs> um but somebody finally fucking laughed at that thank you <laughs> <laughs> but horror fans I think, and I think some of it stems from growing up when there was such a stigma to it. Then again, it's that it's that brotherhood, it's that yeah. sisterhood. Yeah. That, but it also means I don't fully know how to react. <laughs> I'm sorry, the cat is yowling really loud. I don't fully know how to react when you have somebody who's not really a genre fan but who likes something in the genre and then wants to make that connection with you. Mm -hmm. because Not because their enjoyment of it isn't valid, but because there is this little part of me that's like, I suffered through assholes saying women don't like horror and women are too whatever, and I suffered through a lot of bullshit to get to the point where it's commercially accessible and you can see whatever you want. I don't know why I somehow resent that. I shouldn't, but there's that little part of me that's just bristles. There's, well, that's, there's that, yeah, there's that reflective sort of paid your dues mentality. I yes. think it is very easy to segue into if you're a huge fan of something that suddenly becomes hugely <coughs> popular. I mean, the, the punks in the 70s had to deal with the same thing when, mm. you know, New Wave came out and, and brought punk to a more accessible form to the masses, you know, and you had, you know, hardcore punks grumbling about, you know, talking heads and, you know, Devo and whatever, but, <laughs> and so it's a lot of that's the same with with horror movies. I mean, I, and again, I think part of it is um, we're misfits, we're outsiders. Right. You know, why should why should somebody who who's not an outsider and a misfit be able to be privy to and enjoy this this transgressive art form that is mine that belongs to me and the other members of my misfit tribe? I mean, it's you know. I, I think that the horror community is extremely welcoming and inclusive. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, but I think, you know, I also think that, you know, we all we have, um, because we are all misfits, all of us who are horror fans, I think that's a broad generalization, but I think all of us would cop to the fact that we feel like we are in some way misfits. Because we feel like we are misfits, if there's somebody who is not a misfit, and who may be a pretender to the <laughs> to the uh, to the uh, the scene, quote unquote. It it can it can cause kind of reflexive hackles to raise. Um, of course, the dark side of that is gatekeeping assholes. One well, and I think which are rare in the horror community. Uh, yes, I, I, I would agree. Yes, I think I, that's I think much more science fiction, you... general geek culture. Oh, yes. God. Than horror. Actually, Captain uh, Kirk is the superior Starfleet captain. But I, I do find, I think this might be a little my bristling too, I do find that I feel like sometimes as a woman who's a horror fan, um, this, this need to justify, like, I remember a friend of mine, this was within the last year, I was talking with her, I think it was about Crypticon, and I was talking about the panels I was going to be doing. And she's like, oh, that's right. You like horror. You should meet this friend of mine. He likes horror. I bet he'd be able to tell you about a couple things. Uh, and I was like, oh, holy blow me. fuck. And 
And the thing is, is that that happens a lot. And it's, it's, it's like, I really dislike having to continue to justify myself, not just as a fan of horror, but as somebody who is... Uh, who can speak on the subject? And With I, some eloquence, exactly. And exactly. I yeah. fucking know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I finally did meet this guy, and he's like, "Have you seen this movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre?" Oh, and, and you're it, like, <laughs> I almost punched his balls. <laughs> I almost did because I wanted to be like not only like I showed when I was 13 years old. When I turned 13 for my birthday, I had a sleepover, and what did I make all of my girlfriends watch? People under the stairs. Wes Craven's New Nightmare and fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Dude. So yes, I've seen this movie. And and it's it's this it's I think a little bit of it is that when something yeah, I think it's what you're saying. When something goes mainstream, suddenly you have all these experts and you're like, have you heard of this thing? And you're like, yes, I've heard of this thing. I liked it before it was cool. And I've run into that a couple times. Um, you know, from my 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 family. Um, not my, my mom or my dad. Right. But, like, my brothers and sisters, you know, how they're like, oh, my fucking niece or nephew will come up to me sometimes. Um, and they'll be like, oh, have you seen The Exorcist? Yes. I've seen The Exorcist. <laughs> I saw it when I was 10. Yes, I've seen it. It's like, have you seen August Underground? Here you go, kid. <laughs> well, and, and it's Enjoy. Like, I had one of my students come up to me the other day, and, and he's dipping his toes into horror and i love it and i like that you know he's got he's a, a household of a single mom and and so he'll come to me and ask about movies but he comes up to me god bless him and it it didn't bug me when he said it because i just watched this movie and miss kim it's called Shaun of the dead have you seen it and i looked at him and i said have you met me and he was like right I know. I just, it was so good. And I don't know who to talk to about this. And I was like, well, let's talk about it. And so we talked about it. And it didn't bug me then that he asked me because he's 12 and he's adorable and he's excited about it. So he wants other people to be, and he's in the position that I think we all were in that his friends aren't into, they're into stranger things. They're into the mainstream stuff, which honestly to me, Shot of the Dead is mainstream, but whatever. Oh, yeah. It's a whole other conversation. Or I suppose it fits into this. The mainstream horror. Yeah. But. Also, Shot of the Dead and Massively Overrated. But he's 12 and he loved it. Oh, and yeah, he was yeah, yeah, so no. excited. And, and, and that's another thing. It's like. I, I, I have a lot of horror movies I think are overrated and I don't like. But if somebody's genuinely excited, I'll fucking talk to you oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I hate Ghostbusters. And we went into this and I hate Yeah. I, and I hate those fucking movies, although I like the, the most recent one. That was actually kind of funny. Chick Ghostbusters. Yeah, the Chick yeah. Ghostbusters. I loved Chris Hemsworth in that, too. Yes. And Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Oh yeah, that God. was the best of the series. Um, hate me if you want, Internet. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no. Like, if somebody's excited and they want to talk about it, I will talk about it. You know, there are, I, I honestly don't like Shaun of the Dead that much. Um I think there are a lot better zombie comedies out there, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about it. And it's like, no. somebody walks up, you know, it, it depends on the attitude, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, hey, I just saw this movie for the first time. Have you heard of it? It's this movie. Well, yeah, I've heard of it. You know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, dude, I watched like 15 years ago for the first time. But yes, I know of it. Uh, I know of Nightmare on Elm Street. Have you seen mm. my tattoo? Um... But sometimes you get people who are like, 
I, I haven't met too many of these people, you know. But you, you get people who just get overly aggressive with their opinions out the fucking box. And they Geek fans overly aggressive in their opinions? No. What? <laughs> and I've only seen this at a couple times, and it's like this is in the, in the horror community is pretty good about kind of shutting that down. But like yeah. you, you would get people who would ask, you know, just needlessly aggressive questions. And it's like, you know, why should I care about slashers? Or why should this? Or, you know, that movie's bad. This movie is much better. You know, all of the fast moving zombies are bad except for Return of the Living Dead. It's like, dude, <laughs> fuck you. It's like, you know, I, you can have an opinion. I have, yeah. We all have opinions. We all have opinions. We all have assholes, too. My opinion's not gospel. You know, I hate Ghostbusters, but if I came out to that and I was like, you know, hey, Ghostbusters is the worst piece of shit ever, mm-hmm. and if you like it, you deserve to be run over, <laughs> backed over, and then snapped out like Spider-Man in Infinity War. Fuck you, Cody. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, again, I think that's it. I think attitude has a lot to do with it, but... I think movies are subjective. Art is subjective. We all have our tastes. We all have the things that we gravitate towards. We don't like. We do like. I have a deep affection for slasher films because that was part of my introduction to horror. Uh, Kim, have you seen this little known one called uh, Friday the 13th? When I was five. (laughs) So, yes. Had that even come out at that point? Fuck you, Cody! <laughs> I'm glad I'm not inclined to fuck you because somebody in this room, and I won't say who, actually saw Friday the 13th in a theater on the first run in 1980. I wasn't... Never mind. Fuck you, Kim. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. I kid. I kid. Sorry, Tony. Uh, but, but, I mean, you know, uh, our, our, we like what I, we like. And, and, and in general, I mean, like, well, I, again, I think back to the horror honeys, like, Lenny loves revenge films. Um, I'm fine with them. They're not my first, I mean, I, I like some of them a lot, but they're not my go-to. I really like paranormal films. And again, I love slasher films because I was raised on them. And so there's a, a comfort to them for me. Like Friday the 13th was the first slasher I ever saw. And I, I associate that with being in my old house watching with my brother during a, a, a USA Up, Up All, All Night, Night marathon. marathon. Yep. And and then being afraid to go asl- to sleep afterwards and waking my mom up to come tuck me in. Because I was afraid. Of, yeah, that's why you know, my poor mom, God bless her. Um, we'd watch the Up All Night marathons. And I was, I don't know, seven or eight at this point. Because in the summertime, my parents were kind of like, it's the summer. You don't have to get up the next day. If you want to stay up late, stay up late. But if you're tired tomorrow because we're doing something, that's on you. God bless the 80s. But, uh, yeah, I would (laughs) would wake my mother up because I'd be scared. And we had a cabin in the woods at this point. And so I would be convinced when we'd be visiting our cabin that, you know, these things were going to happen. And so it was, I have a lot of my childhood wrapped up in in old slashers. And so even rewatching them now and being like, these are bad movies, I don't care because they bring me comfort. They're comfort Well, there's foods. an enormous amount of comfort and affection that comes from something that's familiar. Yeah. And obviously 
slashers inspired that warm and fuzzy in you. Yeah. For me, it's 70s and 80s Italian horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's For me got too. much zombie movies, you know? Fuck yeah. But it's, it's, I think that a little, I think as a horror fan, I sometimes have to wrestle with the, I, I love that my students watch Stranger Things. For a lot of reasons. I love being able to answer questions about the 80s for them. I love that they're showing enthusiasm for genre uh, the same way that I remember watching, you know, um, The Goonies or some of those those movies when I was younger. Um, but there's this this little selfish part of me that's like, if you want to call yourself a... A horror fan, or you want if you want to do this genre, then here let me give you a list of movies to do this genre. Yeah, which I feel like in some ways isn't fair because if someone's dipping their toes in, let them dip their toes in. But I think it comes back to that misfit thing when yeah. you've when you've when you've had people be down on you for what you love. It's almost like you need to earn it. And I don't think that's fair, but there's still that part of me there, that's there, like it's still an instinct. I yeah, mean, it's still something that kicks in if you've if you've quote paid your dues unquote you know as as a hardcore acolyte of this subgenre. Yeah. Um, if somebody else just kind of breezes in dilettante like, and it's like, oh, I love Stranger Things. This Stranger Things thing is so good. It or is. the the house on Haunted Hill or whatever. I mean, like it's great. I love that this is I use it as a gateway, but don't stop there. Don't say you're a fan and then stop there. Because that's, I think, maybe that's my bigger issue. Yeah. You know what you need to do, kid? What do I need to do, Cody? With your kids. Mm-hmm. They're dipping their feet in. You need to gift them all DVDs of, you can choose, but, you know, if there's good old Texas Chainsaw or, you know, Cannibal. Holocaust, oh, definitely. Spit on your grave. I, I was, I was just thinking, I spit on your grave. When I will give out lists to my students who ask about ones I think they would like. Um, I will say, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, who is enjoying a um, fabulous resurgence. Yeah, a fabulous resurgence and a renaissance of and 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 God bless, not just Shudder, but. Man, I, I, and I think I, every so often I take to Twitter to like wax poetic about Shudder and, and how grateful I am that they exist. Um, but that they've partnered with Amazon Prime and they've partnered with, to make this accessible to people who wouldn't necessarily. Oh God. In the, the, the thing and, uh, to pour my head about Shudder is that they have this just massive catalog. Oh my god, yes. You know, and they've got the new stuff, and they've got their older stuff. And the fact that they bought, brought Joe Bob yeah. back is I remember, you know, one of my first non... My parents showing me one was I used to love TNT. Yes. I loved WCW. Mm-hmm. I was a huge WCW, rest in peace, fan. I saw Sting on the TV when I was five, and I've been a wrestling fan ever since. He had the crow makeup on, which hmm. I, I was always attracted to the horror gimmicks in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And one night after Nitro um, had ended, I saw whatever his Monster Vision was on yeah. right yeah. after. Oh yeah, and it was mm-hmm. a showing. Oh god, I don't remember what it was. It was an older. It was like a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it might have been Poltergeist. Mm. No, it seems. It was a ghost movie. But I remember being. <laughs> a ghost just... movie on Monster Vision. Insidious. <laughs> Insidious. It was actually Paranormal Activity. <laughs> Uh, Which you had viewed after having passed through a time portal into the 21st century. Yes, it was wonderful. <laughs> or into later in the 21st century. I'm sorry, sometimes I still think you're 15. What? No, 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 it's all good. Um, I am sometimes. Um, <laughs> we, we all are? <laughs> I mean, I, I giggled at the word penis today, so, you know. Yeah, so do I. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> um, but, you know, so seeing him now, and it's like, that was somebody, and he got canceled right after that. Within mm. six months, you know, and the WCW went under. Rest in peace. Um, so, you know, uh, then I, I never knew about USA Up All Night, to be honest. I didn't. I, by the time you would have been watching it, I don't think it was a thing anymore. I don't think I was yeah. either. Because it was a thing when I was that age, and I am more than your age. <laughs> and then, you know, the AMC Fear Fest or the Monster yes. Fest, as they used yes. to call it. It used to be Monster Fest. It used to be a yeah. month, too. I know, I fucking... Okay, AMC, bring back month-long Monster Fest. We AMC, miss you. bring back movies without commercials. Mm. I saw... You know, AMC used to do some really good independent yeah. stuff Absolutely. during Monster Fest. They used to have these short films on. Mm-hmm. They would give these, yes. these, these, these filmmakers a... You know, even if it was just, you know, AMC at the time didn't have a big viewership, but they gave them a very big platform. Like, I, I would see, like, one time they did a um, thing, you know, where you, you went onto their website, mm-hmm. and you submitted your film, and then there was a two-hour yeah. block that they would show. Yeah. And they showed, like, some of these ones, you know, that were genuinely terrifying. Yeah. Like, there were a couple there that really fucked with me, uh, you know, and then that's kind of, I guess, the corporatization of AMCs. It's gotten... Even as recent as like 2011, they did this like weird documentary series. Yeah. Where it was, you know, it was always fake documentary. Like, if you go swimming in the water, you could get a brain eating amoeba and die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really this just horrifying stuff, and they were just presenting it really well. And then they kind of slowly lost it. And I feel like Shudder's kind of picked up the slack in a lot of that regard. They don't have everything by by any means. No. But they get some, I mean, they get a lot of vinegar syndrome stuff. I was going to say, they have, to me, because Netflix has lost a lot of stuff, too. Netflix Netflix has become hugely homogenized. They they so heavily emphasize their original programming that they've, you know. Which, to be fair. I can understand, you know. They've acquired or produced some. Some really, really good really stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. In fact, which is what we had tying back in the cryptodon. Uh, our whole panel about yeah. which, um, but for classics, because as much as I enjoy original content, as much as I enjoy their TV series, being able to go back to our classics, uh, Netflix has lost a lot of that. Completely. Yeah. Hulu is fine. Mm-hmm. Hulu has kind of a mixture, but they don't have a lot of the older stuff, and that's where I think Shudder is really. And I, uh, is it um, Scream Time or Scream? Screambox. Screambox. Thank you. There's another streaming service, but who I knew about before Shudder, I had a subscription mm. to Screambox before I had a subscription to Shudder because I didn't know about Shudder, and they they have not. They didn't really. 
age well. No. Well, Shudder seems to have really picked up Shutter's the baton yeah. and run with it. Is oh, the thing. Oh God. Well, and they've been producing original content too. And it's for I I I don't have Shudder. I I really know I should. It's obscene that I don't. But I do know that. Um, it's they, very affordable too, which and, and I think I is something the to their that, credit. You know, and they'll pick stuff up and they'll yes. run with it. Like the Hell House movies. Oh my God! They yes. have given them such a good platform, and I love the Hell House. I'll, I'll movies. defend that second one until that will be the hill I die on. I, I didn't dislike it. I thought the first one was stronger for me. Way stronger. Don't but get I, me wrong. I didn't dislike the second one. I enjoyed it. Um, and, and that's a movie again that was oh very low budget too. Low budget yes. thing. They had buzz. They picked it up, and then mm-hmm. you know, and they're they producing picked, a third one. Doing the third one, which one well, and, and picking up Joe Bob like. Oh yeah. This has become again it it's it's a renaissance the right way. Like this is introducing fans, newer fans to not just Joe Bob but to some of these delightful B movies, these older B movies. But he's also showing newer content. He's showing yeah. diverse content, yeah. which I think is really smart. Well, and that also speaks to the breadth of his knowledge and the breadth of his taste, yes. you know. And I and one of the things I think that it's very I used to know somebody who was very down on Joe Bob Briggs as being, you know, just uh, sexist corn pone humor, and mm. it's like, it's like this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. I oh, yeah. again, again, I'll, I'll at the risk of humble bragging. A few years ago, I interviewed Joe Bob at Crypticon, and the he depth, was at Crypticon. Absolutely, and the Balls. depth, the depth and breadth of that guy's knowledge was impressive. Twenty seventeen, he was actually at the Port Richard Film Festival. The That's same right. Was Crypticon. That's right. I heard. Yes. Oh, that bums me out. That and apparently, yeah. yeah, the year the year I interviewed him, the the year he did the panel with us, um, later that Saturday night, he also um, hosted a screening of pieces at the Grand Cinema in Tacoma, hosted by Justin Giallo. Was it twenty seventeen? No, that would have been way longer ago. It would have been more like 2013. Oh, no, when he was at Crypticon. When he was at Crypticon. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. That, that was, predates me at Crypticon then. Yeah, I, I missed the year of Crypticon, and that was the year Tony Todd was there. And that I still regret. Anyway. I shared an elevator with Tony Todd. It was magical. My picture, he's my Facebook, or no, he's, uh, we, he follows me and I follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Wow. That's, that's my, that's my. That's your claim to. That's my claim to something. Yes. Anyway. Um, but no, I, I think that, that it's, it's really lovely that Shudder is giving a platform to, well, and, and Adrian Barbeau's podcast is wonderful. Uh, I just started listening to it a couple weeks ago and, and I absolutely adore it. Like it's all about promoting women, promoting women filmmakers, promoting women actors, uh, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. It's, it's, it's really, really awesome. And I love that as they've gotten bigger, they're producing original series. Uh, they have a really wonderful international, uh, horror section. Like there's just such a great diversity of film there. Uh, and if, man, if Shudder had existed when I was growing up. Mm. Man, if I could have found a way to stream all of the Leprechaun movies back to back when I was a kid. <laughs> fuck, that would have been great. Oh, you know God. how I used to stream all the Leprechaun movies back to back when I was a kid? It watched them, or did do. Hollywood video. <laughs> Good old-fashioned VHS one where you go out and get all of them from your local video store. And watch them all in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. That's what we used to call binging. 
Back in the Stone Age. Back when I was a kid. Back in... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, I'm the one who can justifiably pull that line out. There is there is a car out there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring out this, <laughs> this picture. I want to see where this goes. <laughs> there is a car out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have silence for a really long time, so now I have to say something. So you keep talking. Okay. I'm going to bring up the left. Don't tell... You should never tell Kim to keep talking. Because she will is one of my many super this talents. This is my my white whale. This is something we're gonna that, have to post this to the website so people understand I, what is I happening have to right find now. This car and Wait, I will show us what is this car. Oh my god! It is leprechaun. It is leprechaun in the hood. It is no, a car. No, holy it is leprechaun. shit! I have oh my god! That car since I saw this picture, Good like that is Lord. that is beautiful. I have Can we save that because we need to post that to the website when we post this episode so that people understand why we are losing our shit. I have decided <laughs> that if I ever won any money, my car is currently green. That <laughs> I would get that custom painted on She'll my get car. Get a wee bit of leprechaun because in the hood. How cool would that be? Rolling up to anything, I don't care what it is. I don't care if I have the most serious job on earth. I would roll in there. Fucking, you know, if I was president, that would be on every... That would be on Air Force One. <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood. Hella and fucking cool. I probably would have Warwick Davis as my vice president. David. Well, I approve address, of that. I would take him to. over. I, I think he would do an infinitely better job than either of the two gentlemen who've currently bum-rushed the Oval Office. But I won't talk about that. Too much. Um, well, I mean, if, if let's talk like about Trump, fandom. Let's talk about yourself? Crypticon. Yes. Is, is this you getting us back on track? There Tony? we go. I'm gonna, try and be, I'm gonna try and be the geek wrangler here, Wait, the are... geek whisperer. Let's talk more about Crypticon. So maybe we should just actually, I think it might be a good idea to talk about our history at Crypticon, respectively. Just kind of give mm. a, a, a quick cliff's notes of what Crypticon, you know, how long we've been going what we've done, you know, what we've paneled, just kind of give people an idea of where we're coming from and, and just individual perspectives on being involved in it and being part of the horror community as a whole in this in this region. Cody? I'll go first. Go first, All right. Cody. All right. He chose me, Kim, not you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so my first Crypticon was 2015. Um, I just had surgery, I had a weight loss surgery. Obviously, if you've seen pictures of me, it didn't quite take. Um, <laughs> my friend bought me passes to Emerald City Comic Con. And we went, and I had a fucking incredible time. It was one of the greatest times. So I started looking at conventions. This was the first con I'd ever been to. I found out that Crypticon was a thing. I got a Sunday pass for me and my mom. We went, because Carolyn, my, my now wife, is not the biggest horror fan. She... Stuck it out at Crypticon this year, and I appreciate her for that. I went to the My Little Pony convention for a different kind of horror. Um, <laughs> and the first year I went, I, I went and I met Michael Berryman. Mm-hmm. And that was super cool, because I always I always had a thing for the Hills that buys. I like the remakes better. Don't tell him I said that. Um, but he was such a nice guy that I actually met him that fall. He came to Tacoma for Jet City Comic Con, and he remembered who I was. Mm. Um, and then I met Bill Mosley, who was mm. the nicest guy. Yeah, and, and a I, big horror fan himself. Oh too. yeah, mm-hmm. I gave him a big compliment. Apparently, um, I was talking to him, and I'm like, you know, one of my favorite roles you were in was 2001 Maniacs Field of Screams, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, because 
you took that role on that had been vacated, and Robert Englund did a good job with it, and you made it your fucking own. And he's like, you know, my band actually played the thing, and I think I think I wound up, I I, I have, I I have listened to Spider Mountain, Bill Mosley's band now, and it's actually pretty decent. So Bill, if you're listening out there, I like Spider Mountain. I gave it a chance. <laughs> and then 2016, like the immediately once I was done with it. Um, you know, I went to a couple panels too. We went to a um, like a haunt panel because I'm I I mm. love the idea of a haunt. I've always wanted to work in a haunt. I think it would be fun. I was on one of those panels my first year. Wonder if you were at that show. Maybe. Maybe. Your paths <laughs> crossed, and you didn't know. And we didn't. Really it's know it's, that. it's very possible because I it was uh, I, I know Ian Bracken was on the first one I went to. Um, and Ian Bracken's another person I met at my very first Crypticon, and he gave me a bootleg fucking DVD copy of his short film, which I did watch and I still own. I thought it was fun. Uh, he's like, just he, he brings up the Safeway bag and he's passing them out. I'm like, he's like, you want a free movie? I'm like, sure, it's my movie, you know, let me know if you like it. I'm like, cool. Um, and we went to a panel on like real life uh, medical horrors or something mm. and we wandered around the show floor and then eventually we, we went home and then I'm like okay I gotta go to 2016 for sure that shit's happening Emerald City Comic Con became my my B show <laughs> um, so I bought a three day pass and I went 2016 the first day I went with my stepdad um, who actually had a pretty good time we had fun. Um, there's actually pictures of us on Facebook, if you go back three years in my timeline, uh, where he took a picture of me with uh, the giant Bigfoot that was there when Love in the Time of Monsters was there. That was mm-hmm. the year Tony Todd was there. That was the year I missed. And um, I met Kane Hodder that year. Mm. He was super nice. Again, gave him a very esoteric compliment, but I said, I appreciate that you narrated your own audiobook. Mm. Carolyn and I uh, went and was like, wow. I don't think I've ever had that one before. He was juggling knives while he did it. <laughs> um, and uh, that was a pretty star-studded one. And I went... I stayed the Saturday night. But at that point, I hadn't quite gotten into my partying. Um, and, you know, I was still kind of feeling it out, meeting people, all that good stuff. Um, fun fact, Ryan Fudge, who is the actual like Crypticon ambassador guy, you'll see him walking around with Alfred the... The skeleton, he and I, for three years at Crypticon, um, only spoke through, like, head movements. <laughs> and I see him, and I go, and he go, or we give a smile or a wave. I did not physically talk to Ryan until my third Crypticon oh my when I bought the VIP pass. Um, and then, you know, I met Jason that year. Right. Um, I did a couple, um, there were a couple serial killer panels. And all that good stuff. And I went to a, a lot of the movie premieres. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw a couple that were pretty decent. Saw a couple that weren't. <laughs> I, I bought, I, I did buy one that I still, I still like. Um, and, you know, I, I got just an assload of stuff. One of my, uh, let's see, which, which one did I get in 2016? I got the Nosferatu. <laughs> I got that one at Grifticon. I had a three-year streak where I got a tattoo every year. Broke it this year because I was paneling the first day, and that's typically when I got it. But, you know, the things you sacrifice for your career. I tell you. Um, 
And then 2016, Carolyn and I went to the prom. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super fun. Prom of the Dead? Prom of the Dead. And then we danced like... Zombies? No, we weren't. <laughs> <coughs> zombies. Huh? Drunk and, zombies? Yeah, uh, we weren't drunk. Drunk didn't start until uh, 20, 2018. And then 2017, <laughs> I went... Because you weren't legal before that? Oh, no, I was. I just Are you didn't. sure? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Your secret is safe with us. And whoever's listening to the podcast. Uh, Both of you are the greatest. Yay. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and then um, 2017 is the year I bought the, the CryptoCon the CIP pass. Mm. <laughs> this is just priorities. But I had just gotten let go from a temporary position. And I qualified for unemployment. <laughs> and they back rated me like six months. So I got like a, at that point, you know, I wasn't making jack shit. So they prorated me like three grand, and I I'm like you know what I'm gonna do something nice for myself because it's been a rough time. Trump had just gotten elected. Um, it was a, a rough year. Like a couple of guinea pigs had just died. So I'm like you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the pass. At that time Romero was coming. Oh um, yeah yeah. So that was gonna be a fun fun thing, and then he wound up unfortunately not. Um, I did get the autograph, the Romero mm-hmm. autograph. I gave that to one of my friends. Uh, and that was the year I went completely by myself. I said, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna solo it. I wanna make friends. Um and it, and it went really, really fantastically. Um, you know, I met a lot of great people. Um uh, I, I met Tony for the first time, I met Bob really for the first time. I got really got to get a chance to get closer to, to Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, I met uh, a couple of my author friends, Michelle and Becky. Mm-hmm. Um just an just an absurd amount of people. And I still didn't do the the partying. That, that, that'll come this next next story. Uh, but I really got to meet... Um, no, I was a little drunk that year. Because <laughs> I went... Um, and, you know, I was kind of just... I went up to that, that uh, VIP lounge that they have for people. And um, they do a... For the platinum VIP people, you can go... And there's like a celebrity cocktail party. And I'd already met... Judith O'Day, um, Russ Streiner, and John Amplis at this point, and they were all super nice. I still have a recording on my phone from uh, Russ Streiner, and he was super nice. I had him sign my colorized nightmare. Or no, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living yeah. Dead. He's like, how the fuck did you find that? I'm like, goodwill. Ah. <laughs> he, he, was, he, was, he was impressed. Um, and then... So you get certain VIP privileges, all that good stuff, and I and I again I bought an assload of stuff in the vendor hall, um, and I went up there for the cocktail party, and I met my friends Nadia and John uh, by literally just walking up to them and being like, I don't know anybody here, can I sit at your table? And they're like, Yeah, and they actually we're we're you know we're not good, they're super great people. They even came to the panel. You know, I was on, cheered me on. We see each other all weekend. They live in Grass Valley, California. Jeez. All the way down, they come up every year. Oh, yeah, I met them this year. Uh, we bond- <laughs> we bonded over weird Twin Peaks people and Ray Wise's beer. <laughs> yep, they are. Uh, they're lovely. They are the they are the coolest people. Yeah, they're super, super nice, yeah. And then uh, that that was the same party. I, I hadn't drank since my surgery. And... Somebody jokingly said, "Well, I, I, you know, I didn't know what booze I wanted." And they're like, "Well, we'll dr- mix all these wines together." And they mixed four wines together. I'm like, "Okay, I'll drink it." Oh God! And I oh, did. Good Lord. <laughs> and I did, and I got very buzzed and very drunk. 
and poor John Ambulus. He got the worst of it. Although Ruff Stroiner also. And then the, the Craig Muckler, that dude who did the fucking... Microwave Massacre. Microwave Massacre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts showing me pictures of Jill Sholin while he's there. And I'm like, okay, are we having a picture off? Because I got more pictures of, uh, of my guinea pigs. And I'm like, I can go into detail on their personalities. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you've only got one B movie actress. Yeah, it's like beat, beat that. I got at that point. I got I had, twelve guinea pigs. I had twelve at that point. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, two good memories. I actually uh, that was my my Instagram tag for a while. I got X amount of guinea pigs. I still do. I just don't have as many. Um, that was that was one of the things that really got me out there. Is you know I had those pictures and I would show people. And it would bond us, and you know, Jason really kind of took me under his wing too, and introduced me to a lot of people. You know, I met uh, met Tony for the first like official time at the uh, brunch that year, the VIP yep. brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I'd I'd gone into Crypticon, and I'd left it with you know, twenty thirty new new friends. And, yeah. You know, I think that's where I first officially met Bob too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went in twenty eighteen. Um, 2018 was a very fun Crypticon. I spent the good majority of it fucking blasted yes, off my ass. Yes, you did, my friend. Yes, I, you did. I, that was the first year I got to panel. I texted Jason and begged him to put me on a panel, and he put me on the Giallo panel. I got to do that. That was super fun. I'm so sad I didn't get to see that or be on it. I know. I'm like, you were the perfect fit for it, but I think you had the you had like a celebrity interview at the same time. It was, yeah, yeah it was... Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, I think I had a panel. So that time. was fun, kind of cutting my teeth in that regard. And yeah, now Friday night, I had an ass full of booze. <laughs> I remember. Um, and I made so many, so many drunk friends. But I do have a good memory of when I'm drunk. I can remember most things. There are some things I don't. Mm. But for the majority, like there was one guy who came up to me and he was working at the haunt. Uh, the Beaver Lake place. Mm, He's mm-hmm. like, "Do you remember who I am?" I'm like, "Yes, I do, Blake." It was good. It was good drinking that uh, that frozen margarita with you. Ha! <laughs> um, and that was where I really started to like grow my social flower to a point. Um, I got very drunk that night, and then uh, day two, I started drinking at 10 a.m. As one, as one does. <laughs> oh, God. I drink it the whole fucking day, dude. Um, I don't remember a whole ton of the show floor at that year's Crypticon. Ah. Uh, you know, I went with a couple friends who I don't currently speak with, too. So, you know, I don't have a ton of great pictures from that. But I, you can never stop the memories. No. True that. Because, uh, you know, I would wander away. And next thing you know, uh, I've been ta- telling Kim for 30 minutes, you know. I love you, Kim, mm-hmm. but not but, in that way. But not in that way. I like that every time you said I love you, you would say, but, but not, not in, in that, that way. way. But not in that way. I appreciated that. <laughs> and then there was a good, from, from what I've been told, there was a good a good like 10 minute hug that Tony and I did. In that uh, in the in the hallway. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say you you sir were not sober yourself. I was. It, it decidedly I sober last, last yeah. year. I there were there were patches that are a little bit hazy. <laughs> I, I will readily were, admit. I remember one point running into you and you were aggressively Tony and <laughs> just <laughs> like 
I just remember because I think I'd just been talking to Cody. He was like, oh, I love you, but not in that way. Not and then I have Tony like on me, and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, it's what? Tony. It's fun. What? You were you were, you get real like I need to like hug people. Oh, when I, I'm drunk. I yeah, I you do. Were I, a get, I get hugger. I get. I, well, I'm a super hugger anyway when I'm sober. But but when you know, you're drunk, I believe I had to be. Talk- I I really wanted to. I think it was this year or last year. I don't remember which one. But I really wanted to like put you on my back and just have us run down the hallway together. And I thought that was going to be... Somebody stopped me, and I'm still mad that they did. Oh, my God. I thought that was going to be fun. That would have been beautiful, Cody. I would have loved that. And then... Uh, and to have it immortalized on some form of video. Oh, God. Somebody, <laughs> there'd be some video of that. Um, God. There was, there was one thing... That was I. I didn't have as much booze as I had the, the Friday night this year, but I remember everything this year. Oh, last yeah, year, yeah. last year I learned the hard way because there were patches that that I, that, that were missing. You know, Sad. I heard all sorts of amusing stories about me that I had no recollection of. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, I Saturday I go, um, and I want. Uh, was it Saturday? Yeah, just Saturday, twenty eighteen. All of a the sudden, there's one. There's one patch I don't remember exactly. Ha! And it's like I go from I'm out on a balcony, telling this poor woman my life story. Ha! Um, how many guinea I had at that point? I had like twenty, and I was telling everybody their names, all of them, and something fun about them, like you know. Um, you do in that scenario. Oh yeah. And then eventually eventually I wander back to the room and then Sunday I didn't make the VIP brunch, so I was way too fucking hangover. And <laughs> that is one of my favorite interactions I've ever had with Jason. Um uh, is Jason and I cross paths at Crypticon twenty eighteen in the hallways like, Hey man, how are you doing? I'm like, I have fucked up <laughs> And he's like, Hell yeah, man, I feel it and we hugged it out. <laughs> and then um yeah, and then, you know, Crypticon 18 kind of had a nice hungover ending to it. And then I went this year, first time, part of City of Geek. Thankfully, my desire to finally start a podcast and a website finally took off. And I surrounded myself with enough people to give me some veneer of credibility. <laughs> I will happily ride your coattails. Because, um, <laughs> you know, Bob and I, uh, Bob had the idea and I... I jumped the fuck on board with that. Um, so that was fun being able to say, hi, I'm Cody with City of Geek. Uh, and I got to panel again, obviously. That was super fucking fun. And Friday night, as you know, I, I went through my liquor bill that night. Um, <laughs> I really wish I'd done karaoke. Yeah. I knew next year I I'm going to do that. I was talking to Jonah Ray and uh, Seth. I was talking to Seth. Yeah. And... Uh, next thing I knew, a couple hours had gone by, and I missed all of that stuff. But I was having because there know, was like they said there's like ten thousand songs, and I'm like, they had a dude when I did karaoke this year. There's a one song that has always been a go to for me, but it's fairly obscure, even though it was a top ten hit back in the mid the mid like seventies. It's like one of my absolute favorite songs. It's one of those songs that I loved so much that before there were such things as iPhones, but there were still karaoke bars. Um, and you couldn't bring your music with you. I would literally go into karaoke bars, discover that they had this song, and I would do this song 
karaoke just because I fucking wanted to hear the song so much because I loved the song so much. What's the uh, song, Tony? What's the song? The song is, it, it's, uh, it's called Emma. It's by Hot Chocolate, a British funk band. It's a 1975 top 10 song. Um, it is uh, the text, a textbook example of an extremely obscure subgenre, which is goth funk. It is a, it is a very like gothic, dark uh, story song that ends with a suicide. And it's got a seriously grooving uh, killer backbeat. And it also is right in my vocal image. And I discovered this like, you know, 15 years ago at, at uh, you know, that it actually is programmed on a lot of karaoke lists. And they had it this year at Crypticon. I was able to do Emma by Hot Chocolate. I was just drunk enough to know deep in my heart and soul that I killed that motherfucker. <laughs> I am not going to lie. I would probably do Elton John. I would probably do Tiny Dancer. Nice. Like, because... I would sing it my version where it's not Hold Me Close, Young Tiny Dancer. It's Hold Me Close, Young Tony Dancer. Tony Dancer, yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, nice. it was. And I, one of, I really want to do that next year. Yeah, you should. Scaryoke is a lot of fun. You know, we got four of us. We should all do a Beatles song. <laughs> we should be the best <laughs> four. Yeah, we'll do the, we'll, we'll, we'll pin those harmonies. I figure out who's who in that. I'd like to think that I'm Ringo. <laughs> Because I do love Ringo. I like to and think And you're that... sort of like the happy beetle. <laughs> you can be the happy beetle of a little clan. <laughs> oh, I'll be. Let me see. I, I like to imagine that Bob is probably Paul just because of the hair. Mm, true. Uh, and then you guys could fight over who's George and who's John. Somebody's got to be with Yoko, though. Are you sure I'm not Yoko? No. <laughs> She's cool in her own right. She is very cool in her own right. <laughs> but she's not one of the Beatles. So you're having to narrow yourself down to one of the Beatles. I don't know. I don't think I've ever thought. It's, maybe this is a chick thing. I've never thought about which Beatle I was. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to. We'll, we'll create right. a poll and put it on Facebook. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to do that now. Which, <laughs> which Beatle is Kim? Which, which, which Beatle, Beatle is, is Tony? Tony? Oh yes, that would be great. I, I've got Ringo called. I want. No, I, you can. You can have him. You I can. I, I, I can get behind that, Cody. I'm not going to sing that. Uh, uh, you're 16. You're beautiful in my in your, your mind. mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm not Roy Moore. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. I mean, like Crypticon, like I said, but you know, we're talking about fucking karaoke. But it's a thing at Crypticon. They, yeah. they, mm -hmm. they and they're so inclusive that way. There's so much shit to do. Yes, yeah, like true. I didn't even know karaoke was a fucking thing until I saw pictures. And it's like, okay, you know, now I want to do that. And you know, there's always a good time to wander around from party room to party room to party room to party room. Exactly. I will say this, and it is nothing against the fine people who ran it. I'm glad that the fucking party pirate room is not there anymore. That did not fit aesthetically, <laughs> and it pissed me off for some reason. Like they were nicest people, and they had some cheap booze last year. Uh -huh. I discovered I like gin through them, mm. but it's like when when it was that uh, like the ice room with like the fucking like dead body shit everywhere. I'm like yeah, that's yeah, Crypticon. Yeah. Jason's room's Crypticon. Pirates, pirates not so much. are not Crypticon. <laughs> well, give me some, give me some horror pirates. I will say, uh, for as many years as I've gone to Crypticon, I've still never partaken in the Prom of the Dead or the. Uh, because I'm always up in the, the biohazard rooms and, and that's more my own personal, I'm not a cosplayer. I'm not 
that's not where my, with no disrespect intended, it's just not my jam. So I have to dress up too much in my real life. That, <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, when it's your, when part of your job is pretending to be other people, uh, cosplay becomes less interesting. Yes. I have a thing. I don't like adhesives on my face. That's so, fair. I don't like being sticky. I've hated being sticky since I was a child. Fair enough. It's led to some. I I don't know that it's a super desirable state of being for anybody to be sticky. I I, I can't wear like face makeup. I can't Mm. like I can at most I could get like a an airbrush thing on. I have no no fucking problem getting tattooed. Yeah. But if 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 it involves me getting sticky in some way, I can like shut down. I don't even eat pancakes. <laughs> I eat them without the syrup. That's why you get the you get the fucking cupcake pancakes from I. Want whipped cream or something too? Yeah, yeah. 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 I I I have um. Uh, I know a bunch of cosplayers. I have respect for what they do. It's not my jam. It's a lot of fucking work. Too. It's a lot of work. Yep. And it's, I mean, again, it's, it's something I associate <laughs> with work. It, it kind of goes back to why, unless I'm going to a party or something, I'm not that into dressing up at Halloween. When part of your job is, when you're a performer, mm-hmm. it's work. And, and I love my work, but it's work. It's still work. So uh, dressing up for fun... I, it's hard for me to leave behind the job aspect of it. Um, I, I'm used to being handed a costume to put on. I don't want to create one myself from a character that already exists. So uh, the the I walked into the Prom of the Dead, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. I went in just to see, but I was like, eh. If you, I, this isn't, again, it's, it's not my jam. I'd rather go up to the biohazard potteries and, like, talk to people and, and stuff. That's kind of how it is for me. And, the, you know, full disclosure, the uh, one year that they had that lady from the thing do the cake. That was the year I went in because I think I was looking for somebody. But, yeah. yeah, but I had to sign a bunch of stuff even just to go in the room. And I was like, this is. Yeah, it, it's, it's not the best thing. You know, some people really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cake was very dry. Ooh, I'm saying cake shade. Carolyn <laughs> is a cake decorator, mm. and I know a dry cake when I eat it. She made a very good cake for your wedding. Yes, it damn good lovely. cake. By the way, damn good cake. Thank you. Yes, and hot. She stayed up until uh, five in the morning doing that, and the oh. wedding was at noon. God bless her. Um, Yikes! But yeah, no. I mean, like there is, there are, there is so much to do in a Crypticon weekend that you can't fit it all in. No. I mean, there's exactly. no, like, and that's and that's the best part is you know a lot of the bigger conventions, you know, your Emerald Cities, your Rose Cities, even <sighs> you know they don't SakuraCon, which I can't. I went to SakuraCon one time, and I don't like anime to begin with. I went with <laughs> and it was like hell on earth. I would go to a million pony cons before I set foot in there. Wow! Imagine the smell. Now turn it up to ten, and that's what you'll get. No, thank you, octopus. Um, <sighs> but like, you get a lot of these people, um, you know, or a lot of these events. You know, there's not nothing to do. Yeah. One, I, I think that also comes around to like one of the reasons why I liked having a hotel room is that when if you ever do hit those dead spots, which I will have to say, since starting panels are fewer and far between, but. The ability to go back to your room, the ability to be like, I need to, because I'm an extroverted introvert. Like, I love 
chatting with all you motherfuckers. And then I'm like, I need to go hide in my hole for a little bit. Excuse me. And so being able to have a hole that I can go back into and, and you know mm-hmm. what? Yeah, like I just need, I need 45 minutes where I'm not talking to somebody where I don't have someone questioning my knowledge on something where I'm not around a bunch of people. I just need to go back and turn the TV on and, and open the window and enjoy myself. Um, it's nice being able to go and, 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 and get away from people. Whereas if you're not staying in a location, it's harder. You don't get that peace. You're just there or you're not there. And, um, I'd rather just be there. Yeah. Uh, I will say this year from paneling, something that I encountered, I feel like more this year than I have in previous years, was people questioning things where, like, they'd ask a question and you can't just flat out say, no, you're wrong, because that's rude. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was <laughs> one of those guys in the, the Netflix one that you had. Yeah. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're not on the panel. Well, and, and there's also that. There's that, like, fine line where... I'm someone, if I'm moderating a panel, I prefer to keep questions to a, a contained part at the end. But there's some people who run panels who will do them all throughout, and that's fine. And yeah. it depends on the panel you're doing. There's a lot exactly. of, you know. Um, but there's times where you have people who kind of try to take over, and that's annoying. Amen. I, but I, no, I just remember there was a girl who kept asking questions on mine, or she'd make statements about things, and her statements were incorrect. And it was really bugging me because I was trying to find the polite way to be like. <laughs> I think I know who this person is because I think she was on a couple of my in a panel she, or two of mine too. She may have been. She came to at least two of mine and each time said things that were wrong. And she's she's young. God bless her. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I think bless it's my interesting heart. how Ted Bundy kept all of those boys in his crawl space. What yeah. do you think, Kim? Yeah, I mean that kind of thing where you're like, that's <laughs> that is factually oh, inaccurate. That's that's just not true. And and what's the polite way? Which is just me being like, well, you know, um, I don't, I haven't heard that. Um, this is what I do know, <laughs> and this is what I think. So it's, um, but I would be happy to talk to you. But I mean, it's the same thing I have to do on tours sometimes, where people are like, well, my ghost, my spirit box said this, and I'm like, no, it didn't, because those are bullshit but okay but you can't say that because people have paid money to come on these things so you're like oh that's interesting i'd be happy to talk to you about this more afterwards rather than take up time that is allotted to do this thing uh but it 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 does make sometimes for some interesting moments uh but you have the unfortunate um curse of being a woman at CryptoCon. Yes, too. I do. Yes, Cody, I do. Um, and I don't mean that, you know, while well, women are cursed, but... Oh, I, are, are we not? <laughs> <laughs> I can exit a panel and I will see five or six people who are like, hey, great job. You will get the same, but you'll, you'll get the occasional weird guy. <laughs> You mean my stalkers? Are you talking about my stalkers, Cody? Yeah, and it's like, I feel bad. It's like, you know, that's a, that's not a fun thing to have to deal no, with. No, it's not. I'm not even, like, I can't imagine what it must be like, though, to be, like, a woman who gets stalkers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I get Crypticon star. I Well, not even. One of the, I'm not going to go into this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, but, but no, there is that, that, uh, I think something that, 
I, I do sometimes wonder, as a woman, I feel like I get questioned more often about my facts, questioned more often about my knowledge on a subject, and in general questioned more often about uh, uh, taking up space at the convention. And particularly when I'm doing a number of panels where I'm moderating and one of... I mean, I did a lot of panels this year that were two or three people. And uh, those were some of the ones where I sometimes felt like I was the most questioned. And and what's funny to me, particularly when you're doing true crime panels, the, the facts are rarely in dispute. The facts are what they... Are. And, yeah. and you can read, and, and I'm the first one to acknowledge partially again because I give a lot of presentations about true crime. You will read conflicting facts. And if I'm having trouble finding out exactly what the truth is, like I've read this, I've read this, I've read this, then I qualify everything with these are the things I've read and they seem to contradict each other. That's a point of discussion. When it comes to certain facts, when people are arguing with me about body counts are arguing with me about the most prolific serial. I had somebody this year who was questioning, I made the statement about Gary Ridgway. Gary Ridgway is the most prolific American serial killer. Full stop. Yep. Confirmed kill count. Does that mean there have been other American serial killers who have killed more? Possibly. Can we confirm it? No. no. And so every time I have some douchebag who thinks they know more than me, questioning that i'm like this is fact it's it's fact and it is bothersome to me that if i had a penis you wouldn't question this um and i mean who knows maybe if i did they would anyway but i i i, I feel like as a woman i get questioned a lot more and my knowledge gets questions a lot more and oh, that's of course you know before before you had even started on this general chain of conversation you first <laughs> mentioned the notion of anyone questioning you at a panel i thought you know that's you know that's the sec that's the sexism factor. yeah fortunately it's not as prevalent usually in the horror community as it is <laughs> elsewhere oh 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 tony oh tony i'm trying I'm, I'm being glass half full i'm sorry um i'm being delusional yes well i i think you're looking specifically at kind of our crypticon demographic which is yeah. is for the most part lovely lovely people um, the wider group as a whole, I mean, again, horror people are some of the nicest, most generous, most loving and kind people. However, there is still a large section. I usually call them the horror bros. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. And that's, and to be fair, that's where I get shit from is horror bros. Mm -hmm. But I've equally gotten shit from people who were just well-intentioned or not, but um, being, I get really tired, and I've posted about this before, I get really tired of people asking me when I have not solicited, or not even asking, they tell me when I've not solicited it about movies I should watch. Because when a 12-year-old does it, when one of my students does it, it's cute. Because they're a child. They're an actual child. And they've, they're just discovering something so they don't know any better. Because they're a child. When a grown-ass human is offering advice on what I should watch, 
without any knowledge about <clears throat> what I have or have not seen when it's not solicited, it's condescending and it's sexist and it's it's assuming I don't know any better. Um, and I mean, again, I know I've got a multiple little like lady rants about this, but it, but it, 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 it's, it's, lady rants. it's, but it, it's something that is, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to have your, your knowledge question just because of your gender, of your gender yep. or your race or your sexual orientation or whatever. I mean, you know, but, um, yeah. Uh, no, it's one of my favorite things on Twitter, particularly. I, I'll post about, sometimes I'll post specifically like, I'm doing 100 Days of Horror. What are the deep cut films you think I should watch? That's different. When I mention a movie and the next 20 messages are dudes telling me, have you watched this? Have you, you should see this. You need to watch this. I'm like, cool, bro. I've seen every single one of these movies you're talking about. But I'll make sure to watch them right away. Hey, bro, have you seen The Exorcist? It's really yeah. fucking scary. It's, it's, that's kind of what I should just start saying. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. And then they won't get it. No, they won't. They and that's wouldn't. part of why yeah. I don't engage with it. I usually just ignore it. Man, that, yeah. that was so scary that I, I pooped my pants. And we had to go to the Walmart to get another <laughs> pair. And then we found a copy of, you ever heard of this movie, Halloween? No, I've never heard of it. It's got this dude and he's in a mask. And, and I think Rob Zombie directed it. It's not. It's not ringing a bell. Who's Rob Zombie again? Oh, bro. <laughs> I should just start feigning extreme ignorance to all of it. Oh, bro. Just to fuck with people. The thing is, though, they wouldn't get the irony, and that's why no. it's not worth it. No. Well, there you go. Oh, well, look at who's the president. But, people don't get irony anymore. Uh, what? I was going to say, we are at about uh, uh, an hour 45 into this shenanigans. Hey! And so we should probably start wrapping up, uh, wow. unless there's anything completely. Is there anything urgent we have not covered? We've covered a lot of stuff. We yes. haven't covered just as much stuff, but that is the nature of the beast. I feel like I would agree with that absolutely. I don't know. Jeez. Uh... Uh, let's do a real quick. Uh, was there any like top? favorite moments of Crypticon? I realize that's a hard thing to kind of narrow down to. Were there not the favorite moment, but one of the top moments of Crypticon? I, I really enjoyed doing the panel. Mm-hmm. I thought that I, I really enjoyed doing that. It's really fun for me. Um, I really enjoy going to all of the panels. And I will say one of my personal favorites was watching you do one by yourself. <laughs> I'm glad that you were entertained by that. Um, and, and there's one point I've always wanted to make, and I didn't get a chance to during the panel, that axe murder thing. Oh, yeah. Where the dude in fucking Germany. How do you see, um, how do you hear all those noises, see that there are <laughs> footprints leading to your fucking house? With nothing there, and notice a bunch of shits missing, and not be like, you know, maybe we should get the fuck out of here for right now. Well, what's great too is that that went <laughs> on for months because, like, six months prior, their maid had quit because she thought the house was haunted because of the sounds that were coming from the attic. Um, so yeah, that was that's that's one that I hope to actually that's one we should look at for our uh, true crime podcast that we are looking to spin off of. Yes. So that would be a great one. That's there's a lot of material there. It's a really interesting case. Uh, Tony. Oh, um. Geez, I have so many. I mean, I've been again. I've been fortunate enough to interview several celebrities at celebrity panels. 
Looking um, at 2019 specifically. Yeah, looking at 2019 specifically, I, beyond the shadow of a doubt, my conversation with Barbara Steele was wonderful and glorious. She was enchanting and charming and told some of the best stories I've ever um, had come out of a celebrity during uh, a celebrity panel. I loved it. Um, as far as just general panels go, uh, the In Praise of Bad Movies panel where we all dogpiled on Jason Mortensen and... We got to cut wise opposite Jonah Ray of Mystery Science Theater 3000 fame. And he was a blast to just hang out with in general and to panel with in particular. I, those were fun. Uh, I just, I, so many great memories in the biohazard room and all of the, uh, you know, karaoke was a blast, mm -hmm. you know. I got to go on a couple of, a couple of, uh, karaoke years after Nicholas Lee did, uh, Elvis's, uh, Love Me. Uh, on the karaoke stage, which was totally fucking rad. Um, yeah, I just really, I'm just, I'm just being with you guys, just being able to hang <laughs> with you guys. I love you. I love you guys. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed our toast in my uh, yes. wedding wine in the room. That, that was, was good fun. wine too. That was, was? man. Mm -hmm. hey, you bought it, man. Well, that's true. <laughs> I should know. Uh -huh. And actually, I think that was it. I think it might have been the dark horse. Um, whiskey barrel aged. Mm, um, what we were talking about? Which is which is which it was pretty really rad. Good. It yeah. was really good. Cool. Or was it the or was it the Coppola claret? I don't remember. It was. Oh, one it was, of the, it was, it was Coppola because I yeah. started talking about how Coppola went to Hofstra. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Always got to bring that up. Every conversation is like, do you, do you know that Coppola went to Hofstra? Yeah. It is, like, I actually have a tattoo that funeral. says that. <laughs> but it's important that people know. <laughs> My God, Cody! <laughs> if I don't share it, who will? True. <laughs> what about you, Kim? Uh, I will say um, solo paneling was an experience. Uh, partially because it was a packed room. Oh, God. Yeah, it was a packed room. Um, but everyone was insanely supportive, particularly as I it became very apparent it was going to just be me. And as I was like nervous laughing and being like, let me just text her one more time. And no one was showing up. I was like, okay, cool. You're going to listen to me talk for an hour. Hee <laughs> hee uh, But it was, it, it was, ended up being a really awesome panel. And again, everyone was absolutely lovely about it. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, meeting Ray Wise, uh, uh, having a drink with him, like I was sitting there talking to him. And he's looking, he makes intense eye contact. Like, really intense in a way that's both off putting and arousing. Like, he's <laughs> looking deep into your eyes and you're talking, and you're, it's, it's, I'm both scared by it, but really turned on. And I remember because we were, I was rambling because I got nervous. And I think I actually said, like, I'm really rambling right now. And he just looked again deep into my eyes and said, we all ramble sometimes. Oh. And I was like, yeah, we do, Ray Weiss, we do. <laughs> that, um, that was, dude, I can, that was me and Barbara Steele, man. That was, I was like completely like, I'm surprised I was able to keep my composure in front of that woman. Man, she he, was he, so enchanting. He looked me in the eyes. He's like, of course I'll sign your God's Not Dead 2 DVD sleeve, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> this was after a lady like fucking like. Oh, like, the one that like made out with him. <laughs> French him. And he, and he likes licking his lips like. 
This is a weird con. He's yeah. drunk. Oh yeah, he was. I well, because I had a drink with uh, I I had a drink with Michelle in the bar, and he was drinking whiskey and a half when I was there, and he looked like he was having the time of his life. Uh, he needs to come back. Oh I, I yeah, want where he, was. he was a great. He was a great person to have there. Uh, I also uh, enjoyed. I had a conversation with Jonah Ray for a while, which was awesome, and and then Seth. Who uh, had did, Hellfest was one of his movies, um, and he's currently uh, the showrunner at uh, uh, the Lives of Feather, and so we spent a long time talking about that because I'm a big fan of the show, and so that was a lot of fun. Uh, he and inadvertently giving me some spoilers for things. Well, not inadvertently. He was like very deliberate and it was <laughs> lovely. And I was like, God bless you, sir. Yeah, he um, nice guy. Oh, he's, the mouth, he's a lovely guy and I really enjoy his work. And so it was, it's always fun uh, when he's there. Um, and Bob isn't here. So fuck you, Bob. You don't get to talk about Crypticon because you're seeing John Waters. So whatever. <laughs> uh, cool. We've been talking at you for a very long time. So Actually, we're... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell oh. you Bob's favorite moment. What was Bob's favorite moment? Bob's favorite moment was being supportive and being uh, in the audience of his friend Cody's panel. Aww. Oh, Bob. Thank you, Bob. You're such Bob, a warm soul. you are a dear guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Well, this brings to close another Crypticon, uh, well, I guess a month ago now. But a month still. ago now. Hey, we made it. But we made it. We did it. Uh, well, a few of us are seeing, I suppose by the time this is put out, we will have already seen, but we'll be seeing Godzilla. Yep. Which should be awesome. And I'm seeing Rocket Man. Yeah, ah. which I, I looks really good. Uh, we've been seeing stuff at SIF. I saw last night. I saw Detective, mm-hmm. which was right. absolutely delightful. You yep. get out and see Ma too. Yes, Ma's coming out soon. Uh, there's a lot of releases coming out. I would say skip Brightburn. Uh, watch it when it's streaming somewhere. It's not worth your time. But Ma looks really intriguing. Uh, cool. Well, we are City of Geek. Uh, This is Tony. Cody. And this is Kim. We will see you next time. And don't forget. Don't forget. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And we're at cityofgeek.com. And if if anybody has a lead on that leprechaun car that I'm going to post up, if you can find that for me, I'll I'll pay more than the $9.50 that's on it. I mean, I will. I mean, Carolyn's got like a rich relative. I'm willing to like hit him up for a couple G's. Blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe your mind Maybe. goes we'll straight talk. to the gutter. Yes. <laughs> and and <laughs> all right. Anyway, we are City of Geek, cityofgeek.com. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Find our website. Read our shit. Listen to our podcast. Tell your friends. Thank you. Yay!